It is time for a new episode of my show. I'm Father Roderick, and you are listening to The Break, the show about everything I do whenever I have a moment to take a break. And hopefully some of that stuff will be similar to what you enjoy doing, and, uh, and maybe I'll give you some new ideas. Who knows? It's been a crazy, crazy week in the world at large. There is this very troubling violence in, in, uh, in Israel, in the Gaza Strip, and, and uh, that is very, very worrisome, of course. It is another explosion of tensions that have been there for decades, and it, it feels like th- this seems to be such an ongoing thing that has so, so many complicated roots and so difficult for us as you know, people who, are, who don't live in the area to understand and you feel very powerless. You're like, why? The world is already, there's so, so much suffering in the world. Why should we add to that suffering by, by, by all this violence? Um, why, why can't we make other choices? So th- the only thing I feel I can do is, is to pray and, and to try to <laughs> make different choices in my own personal life. If you can't change the world, then at least you can change your world. How do you not like movies? They're predictable. Like, the guy gets the girl, and that kid sees dead people, and Darth Vader is Luke's father. Not liking movies is like not liking puppies. They're fine. I just get bored and never make it to the end. You know, you need a movie education. You need a movication. Now I'm going to give it to you. I far prefer virtual fictional wars to the ones that we are currently witnessing in our world. And one of my favorite series has come to an end. Uh, I'm talking about the first season of Star Wars Ahsoka. This particular series focuses on a character that the fans of the animated series know very well, but maybe the general public isn't familiar with yet. And that's the character of Ahsoka, who used to be uh, the apprentice of none other than Anakin Skywalker before he turned into Darth Vader. And uh, there are also a number of other characters in uh, this season that are introduced uh, to us in real life. And they were featured in the latest animated series um, that has run for, I think, five seasons, Star Wars Rebels. And so this is the first time that we see live-action actors taking on those roles. And for um, maybe the casual Star Wars fan, this will be a way for them to kind of get an idea of uh, what kind of stories were told around these characters that I think in the near future will play an important role in um, the way in which Disney wants to continue the saga. Uh, We know, uh, since it was announced um, in the spring during the uh, Star Wars celebration in London, that one of the three Star Wars movies that uh, we are looking forward to, I think the first one is going to be in 2026, if I'm not mistaken, uh, will focus on the characters from this series, Ahsoka, but also from The Mandalorian, um, from the Book of Boba Fett, and uh, the head writer... Of, of Star Wars right now, Dave Filoni is going to bring all those 
various story threads to a close. And this is why Ahsoka is, um, I think, compulsory viewing for people that want to um, continue to understand what's going on in, in, in the realm of Star Wars. What I want to give you today is um, a spoiler-free review, my, my initial impressions after having seen this first season, because I know that some of you haven't been able to watch the entire series yet, so I want to uh, give you the opportunity to do that. But there is already a lot to say about this season without spoiling anything. And this is also introducing a little bit the style of this particular podcast for the near future. As I said, I want to focus more on stories. And uh, there usually this, this the break was a, a, a mishmash of all sorts of different topics. Um, I would even talk about cooking and about you know the technology that uh, I, I, I was working with in my life. Um, but I noticed that for uh, a lot of the people that know me from, from my YouTube channel, from my TikTok channel, um, they know me as the guy who explains stories, the, the stories that we love, uh, Star Wars, anime series, um, science fiction, fantasy, all that stuff. And so in order to bring in that audience to this podcast and make this podcast a little bit more appealing to them, uh, what I'm going to do is to spend more time uh, with you talking about all these different types of stories that we love so much. And, and so it is in a certain way honoring what the break is, which is basically what I'm passionate about whenever I have a break. And a lot of that has to do with stories that I consume, whether it is on TV, uh, in a movie theater, even stories in, in video games sometimes, and books and audio books. And so that is going to be, um, I think, the main ingredient of this show going forward. And then for my patrons, I will still record my recipes and you know all the other stuff that, that is happening in my life that is much more personal, but that may not be uh, too interesting for the general public. So today I'm going to give you my spoiler-free impressions of this first season of Ahsoka. Here's what I liked, what I didn't like, and what I absolutely loved. Uh, so no, no spoilers, rest assured. Uh, what, what I really enjoyed was how this series continued these two animated series that so many fans loved so much. Um, and these animated series bridged the gap between the prequels and the original trilogy, so A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back and The Return of the Jedi. Um, and especially Star Wars Rebels also bridged a gap between The Return of the Jedi and then the sequel trilogy um, that started with The Force Awakens. So um, these two animated series were kind of meant to be bridges between the prequels and the original trilogy and Star Wars Rebels between the, the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy. Now, in The Clone Wars, we were introduced to this very young, talented girl called Ahsoka. Um, Anakin takes her on as his Padawan, and she learns the ways of the Force not in a, like, on, on Dagobah or somewhere remote, but in the middle of this ongoing clone war or these clone wars and she's fighting side by side by her master and she learns from him she also learns from obi-wan kenobi so um her character then grows during the various seasons of the clone wars into a young woman and at one point she decides to step away from the jedi to step away from her former master anakin because she feels that it no they no longer embody the ideals of what she thought Jedi should be all about. 
And so her character, after many, many years, returns in the timeline after the original uh, series, uh, the original trilogy, in Star Wars Rebels. And in Star Wars Rebels, she meets Ezra. And Ezra is a young boy, an orphan. He's from the planet Lothal. Um, and uh, she also teams up with a small group of rebels that have taken Ezra under their wings. And one of these rebels is Kanan Jarrus. Uh, he is a Jedi who survived Order 66. So that was the order with which Emperor Palpatine tried to eradicate the Jedi from the entire galaxy. But some Jedi survived. One of them was, was Kanan. And he starts to train Ezra as his apprentice because he notices that, that Ezra is strong with the Force. Now, when the story of the television series Ahsoka begins, Ezra is somewhere very far, far away. This has to do with the events uh, at the end of the Star Wars Rebels animated series. It is explained also in the television series. Um, but it's enough to know that he is very, very far away, and his friends are left behind and are still trying to find him. And it's been, I think, about 10 years that he's been missing in action. Now, I, I really loved how this series continued these events because Star Wars Rebels was a great series, but it ha had an open end. It was like, okay, so Ezra's gone, and what now? And we're finally getting some answers. It's also wonderful to see these characters that, that we only know as animated characters suddenly portrayed by human actors, and I think they did a terrific job with the casting. It was a little bit, sometimes a bit... It took a while for me to get used to these, these human faces, um, uh, but in a way, the Obi-Wan Kenobi television series already did that for the Inquisitors, and um, the, the, you know, the real-life um, incarnations of the animated characters were sometimes very different, and it took a bit of time to get used to them, but, but now I love it. And the same here, um, after a few episodes, I was completely used to... Um, to, to, to I, I could totally see that these were the same characters because the writer, of course, is the same writer. So a lot of the, the, the quirks, the dialogue, the, you know, the, the habits, um, the culture of these characters is the same. Um, so that makes it easier to, uh, to see the continuity. The story also has a couple of amazing villains, one of which was a central character in Star Wars, uh, and uh, specifically in the Star Wars novels that I devoured in the 90s. I think I, I was still partially in seminary, and in the first few years that I was ordained a priest, um, these Star Wars novels started to come out, and this was way before we uh, heard about George Lucas having plans to continue the Star Wars saga with the prequels. So there was this void. And personally, I thought that this was the only form in which Star Wars would continue. I, I couldn't imagine that we would ever see new Star Wars movies. And so, of course, little did I know at the time, um, they asked Timothy Zahn, who was a, already a well-known, established science fiction writer, to pen a number of novels continuing the story after the events of the return of the Jedi. And uh, these, these novels were among my favorite Star Wars stories. They felt so much like Star Wars. You he heard what happened later on with, with, with Luke and with Leia. Of course, all, the, all these stories were later on discarded by Disney when they took over the franchise because they said, we want to continue 
with sequel movies, but but we've got all these this established timeline from the novels. That's going to be way too complicated for us to take into account. So they decanonized all those novels and also these these this trilogy written by Timothy Zahn. And uh, so now, if you sometimes if you see in a, you go to a bookstore or a library and you find these Star Wars novels, the way you can tell that th- these are the non-canonical books, um, it's because they are marked as legends. So they're not the official story, they're, they're just legends. It's just alternate fairy tales, um, maybe alternate universes. Um, but um, uh, one of the things that, that a, a lot of the fans, like me, uh, deplored was that by discarding that entire expanded universe, they also discarded some amazing villains, and the, the best villain was was Thrawn. Thrawn was this blue-skinned alien. Uh, he was a general, definitely on the side of the Empire, but very different from the, the, the usual Imperial bad guys. Uh, Thrawn was much more intellectual, very cultural, culturally savvy, and, and a master strategist. So he would always get to know the, the, the planets and the peoples on those planets, uh, wanted to, to know about their culture, because by, by exploring their culture, by, by empathizing with the way they thought, he could also predict how they would behave in, in certain strategic situations. And, and so it, it was a very interesting villain. Now, this is not a spoiler because this was in all the trailers for uh, for Ahsoka. Thrawn is the main villain of this uh, of this television series, and it was the first time uh, that we would see him. And he was also going to be played by the same actor, uh, Mickelson, uh, who who voiced him in the animated series. Now, um, just knowing that we were going to see Thrawn. In, in this series um, just reconnected me with, with decades of, of Star Wars fandom. Um, and when I read those books as a seminarian and as a young priest, I could have never dreamt that I would see this character one day in, in live action. But here we are. So Ahsoka also introduces another complex villain, also seen in the trailers. And, and this villain was played by the late actor Ray Stevenson, who unfortunately tragically died three months before the premiere of Ahsoka, uh, very unexpectedly, the the cause of death has not been published officially, but there are rumors that he had an allergic reaction, anaphylactic reaction to something he ate while he was filming, I think in Greece. Anyway, very tragic. Um, I had seen him in London during the Star Wars celebration, and he was so excited about being in Star Wars. So it was an incredible shock to hear that he had passed away and never was able to see the result of his work and how much the fans loved what he did in this series. I think all Star Wars fans agree that his portrayal of this villain, Balan Skull, was amazing. For me, it was one of the highlights of the series. Um, Just an incredibly charismatic villain, maybe even more charismatic than Thrawn. Um, I also liked how Ahsoka is broadening the Star Wars universe, in both in a literal and in a figurative way. So in this series, we travel farther than we've ever done before. Of course, we've we've traveled through hyperspace, and we're familiar with with, uh, crossing these, these huge distances, but it's still always in the same galaxy, 
right? It's the stories of Star Wars happen in a galaxy far, far away. This is the first time that we will leave that particular Star Wars galaxy and we will go to a different world. You'll have to watch the series to uh, to see what that looks like. Um, but there is also a figurative broadening. Um, the they the series more than the other television series that we've seen so far. Um, expands the lore around the origins and also the future of the Force. And um, it, I love the way in which they've done that in, in Ahsoka. Um, some of the, the, the things that we saw in the sequel movies, remember at the, the end of the second season, uh, the second <laughs> movie, the, the Last Jedi, there's this, we call them, him Broom Boy. It's this, this poor boy who lives on the, the gambling planet, the Las Vegas planet, and he's working as a slave there. But at the end, in one of the final shots of the movie, you see that he is actually uh, able to to use the Force. And he reaches out, and, and the, the broomstick that's lying on the floor flies into his hand so he can start cleaning up the, um, the hangar where he works. And so that was a, uh, a hint that star, the, the Force in Star Wars is no longer just for the happy few that have the, the right midichlorian count that are from, you know, noble descent, you know, the Skywalkers or whatever. No, in fact, the Force is open to anyone. Well, they do take that here in Ahsoka as a um, very important character arc for, for one of those rebels who um, in the original animated series did didn't have, didn't seem to have any uh, ability to use the Force. But in this series, well, we see that, wait a minute, this, the, the Force is actually not just for, for Jedi. It's a very, very interesting uh, arc, and I think it is also preparing the future uh, of, of the franchise. I think that, that in the movies... Another movie that has been announced in London was the one with um, uh, Daisy Ridley. She returns as Rey, and she will be building a new Jedi Academy, a new school to train the next generation of Jedi. And I wouldn't be surprised that this idea that the Force is no longer just for the the happy few is going to um, be very important in that story. We'll see. The, this also hints, the, this series, at the origin of the Force. And we know that the third movie that was announced in London, it's wonderful how everything comes together, is going to be about these early days of the Force, but like the, the first generation that discovers the Force. So it's like the we go back to the beginning of the Old Testament of, of Star Wars lore. Um, so this series f- see, see, feels like a, like a pivotal, um, ingr- like a connecting, how do you say that, connecting tissue between uh, both the, the origins of the Force that they are going to expand upon and also is pointing towards the way in which the, the Force lore is going to expand in the future. And uh, uh, you'll have to watch the series to see, um, but especially in the last episode, there are some hints that um, the villains are, are trying to harken back to the, the early beginnings of the force or you know very very ancient force things uh, i cannot say more than that because I, I would be spoiling but anyway love how this uh, uh this this television series um really deepens the lore and it, it was also felt more spiritual than the other series that were more about you know fighting and very black and white 
type of storyline. This is this feels this one feels much more uh, nuanced. Um, the Star Wars series always had outstanding special effects. The television series, uh, great lightsaber battles and 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 great set design. They were using the volume, you know, this like digital set. Um, but they're getting better and better to integrate that virtual set with. Uh, special effects that that then open it up so you don't realize that this is in fact the the, the, the real part of the set is very small um, the costumes are always great spaceships Ahsoka is no exception it's all top notch I feel like every television series these special effects wizards are getting better in in sometimes delivering move delivering movie quality sequences uh, even though they still are constrained by a relatively modest TV budget it was also great to see um, some of the sets, especially in the first episode, and and some costumes that uh, evoked the aesthetic of the sets in Return of the Jedi. If you see it, you'll 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 know what I mean. Uh, but a, a number of the, the the uniforms that we see on the side of the rebels are are like copies of what we see in Return of the Jedi. It was very very cool. And there is one episode that blew me away in every respect. Um, and story-wise, it's, it's the pivotal episode of the, of the series. And I have to relaunch my screen because the, <laughs> the screen saver <laughs> jumped in. I had been using my mouse for uh, half an hour, I guess. Anyway, um, where was I? Uh, so the, the, that particular episode is this, the middle episode, and it's also the pivotal episode. And it features... Um, uh, the return of can I spoil this or not? Hmm. Well, I, I guess I can because it's 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 been all over the place. It's, I won't say how or what he does, but um, it's Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen, who of course played Anakin Skywalker in the original uh, prequel trilogy, he already came back for a few scenes in um, in Obi Wan Kenobi. And uh, it had been widely publicized that they were going to bring him back for Ahsoka. And the way in which they do it, and this would be spoiler territory, but the way in which they did it was, uh, was above and beyond anything I expected. It was fantastic. I would say this was his best performance as Anakin. Uh, since it, No, better than the prequels. It was fantastic. And um, he, made a, 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 he did a great job... Um, in kind of playing some of the scenes and situations from the Clone Wars series. And, and so it was also a, a very visual way to bring the story of the Clone Wars series into, into real life for, for people that haven't seen that series. It, it was such a treat. Um, and I think um, it, 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 may, it will make him even more popular as an actor. Um, and I hope it won't be the last time that we will see that we will see him play Anakin. Uh, the music. Let's talk about the music. Um, the the soundtrack for this series was written by Kevin Kiner, who also wrote the music for the Clone Wars and the Rebel series and the Bad Batch. Almost forgot about that. Um, the music was excellent, and something that many of us hardly notice consciously, but it's also vital to our experience, is the sound design. So many of the iconic sounds that we associate with Star Wars were also here in the mix. Um, you know, the roar of World War II jet engines and the electronic sounds on the bridge or in the cockpit of the various spaceships. It's all like you hear these sounds and it feels like Star Wars. And, and, and 
I, I thought they did a brilliant job with that. There were also, well, I, I was just raving about the quality, uh, but there were also a few things that puzzled me. Notably, the slow editing in the first few episodes. There were some inexplicable pauses during conversations, strange choices where the editing seemed to imply that we should be feeling something, but none of those emotions had yet been earned because we hadn't connected with the characters yet. Um, Lucas, George Lucas, was known to tell his actors, let's do this again, but faster. And actually, while watching the first two episodes, I often yelled that at the screen. It's like, come on, faster. <laughs> what are you waiting for? Um, so that would, editing was not my favorite aspect. Um, also, one of the plants that features heavily in the second part of the season, to me, felt a bit lackluster especially if you compare it to the richness of other Star Wars environments. Um, the color palette was very desaturated. The landscapes were super mon monotonous. And just the cinematography, the way in which they filmed that planet was very uninspired. It, it all felt a bit cheap. Uh, maybe this was on purpose because of the nature of that world that we see, but I was hoping for a more impressive look. Um, and also, some of the character interactions were kind of strangely devoid of emotion. There were a couple of moments where, you know, story-wise, you would expect hugs and tears and excitement, only to see the characters completely ignore the emotional charge of the situation. It, it made it harder to identify with some of the characters. Um, and ironically, they sometimes felt more lifelike in their, and more emotional in their animated incarnations than here in live action. You would expect the opposite. What puzzled me most, however, was the muted finale of the season. The story seemed to build up to a big spectacle, but the finale didn't provide us with a satisfying resolution of a number of character arcs and storylines that were set up. So uh, it's pretty obvious that they did that because it's leading into maybe a season two or straight into the, the this big movie that's going to finish all these storylines. But... As a season finale, I felt it was... It's like sometimes you read these novels and 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 <laughs> they then end on a cliffhanger, but the next book is only going to appear like two years from now. It is so frustrating. You need to have some kind of emotional reward for your investment, I feel, and they didn't give us that here in, in Ahsoka nor do we actually know when the story is going to continue. So that was a bit of a strange strange choice, especially since all the other television series do have emotional finales that are, even though you know the story is going to continue, it does pay off. And here it was almost as if they left out some stuff. And I was thinking maybe this is because of Ray Stevenson's character dying so unexpectedly. Maybe they had actually filmed more with him but they're saving this for the next season so they can kind of bridge, the, bring him back one more time, something like that. It, it, I don't know. It, it just feels a little bit strange. However, the good far outweighs the rare flaws of this series. And what I absolutely love is that this season is clearly setting up a second season um, and, and, and this movie that was announced. Um, so since that movie is at the earliest going to be released in 2026. I really hope that we will get to see another season or maybe even two more seasons uh, to bridge the gap between today and 2026. All right, so this wraps up my spoiler-free of Star Wars Ahsoka. This also wraps up uh, this episode 
of the break. Um, I will post some more stuff on my YouTube channel. Um, I, I, I wrote um, a spiritual analysis of... Um, the, the, it's so interesting how the story of Ahsoka follows some story beats in the Gospels. And I think that is on purpose. And if it's not on purpose, it's genius. It's, it's like it's divine inspiration. I don't know. Uh, but there are some... There, I, I identified seven major spiritual themes that are very important in the Gospel that are also important to the story of Ahsoka. So I, I created a script for those videos and I will post them in, in the weeks to come. Well, probably just in one week to come because I want to get that out and move on to the next topic um, on my YouTube channel. So that's youtube.com slash Father Roderick. And in case you're interested in uh, the short videos that I produce, um, I'm posting a short video on YouTube as well as on TikTok and on Instagram with one minute like thoughts, meditations on Star Wars, anime, um, the X-Men. So you know that I do this um, a gospel for geeks, and I, I, I initially did that as a... There were just recordings of what I preached on Sunday, but I don't have masses in English anymore. And so I, I initially continued that uh, in, in the form of an audio podcast. But I was looking at the statistics, and uh, there are only like 50 listeners which uh, I value each listener. It's not about that, but it, I felt like, no, I need to find another way. Why don't I just create a one-minute homily? And I, I will just post that on TikTok in the same feed as so many people are following. And I'm so glad I did that because I had tens of thousands of views of, of that uh, one-minute homily. So anyway, that's also available on these platforms. Uh, so don't miss out on that if you're only uh, following me through the podcast you may want to uh, check that out and this it's the same videos on tiktok um but also on youtube i know that not all of you want to be on tiktok um and uh, for me instagram is kind of new uh, you can post reels and i've never really invested much in instagram but i feel like it's worth it because that's the that's the facebook audience right and uh, on face if whenever i post something on facebook it doesn't get any reach at all because of the um the, the uh, algorithm, but on Instagram, these videos are also doing very well. So there you go. Um, even more content. And if you want to support my work and listen to the premium episode of this particular podcast, um, take a look at uh, patreon.com slash Father Roderick. And um, as a, uh, you, can, you can join the patron community for free, obviously. And if you join those that sponsor me with a small monthly gift, um, you also get access to the premium episode of The Break, which is much longer and is about way more topics than just the the story stuff that I'm sharing with you in this public podcast. Let me know what you think, and we'll talk soon. May the Force be with you, and God bless. Mm-hmm.